Hello, Virold. This is Nick, and welcome to the Abroadcast podcast episode number seven. As a quick reminder, please like and subscribe to this podcast's page on Facebook if you haven't already. I am so sorry that it has taken me so long to do an episode of the podcast. I have been crazy, crazy busy. Classes are coming down to the line here. I've got a few weeks left before my final exams come up here, so that's been kind of crazy. I have these next two weeks off, so yesterday was actually my last day of classes. Now I have two weeks off, and then I have finals, but that's not what you guys care about. What you guys care about is what happened to me the past two weekends and what I've been doing, and I have some content for you. So, the first weekend, that would have been two weekends ago. So the weekend of the 6th through the 8th, and the following weekend, last weekend, the weekend of the 13th through the 15th, those are the two weekends. That first weekend, I took a trip to Belgium. Now, I went to Ghent, and I planned on staying there for three nights, but I ended up going to Ghent, and then taking two days in Bruges, which was amazing. And then I spent my last weekend three days in Dublin, Ireland, and that was something. But one thing at a time, let's go in chronological order, shall we? So I left Delft on Thursday to come down to Belgium, about a two and a half hour train to Ghent, not too bad. Didn't really do much then, but on Friday, I walked all over the place. I got quite the workout in, but I saw a lot of stuff. I started at the Castle of the Count in Ghent. That is a 15th century castle that has been there for a while, obviously. That was incredible. They've had some amazing views of the city there. Also, there was the Cathedral of St. Nicholas. There was the Belfry, Belfry. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I think there's a language difference there, but I'll just call it the Belfry. You know what I'm talking about. It's basically a tower, a watchtower that they use to watch over the city for protection. You know, the fire tower with multi-purpose of invasion and stuff like that. And then they had the St. Bavo Cathedral, which had its famous altarpiece. I saw that. I walked around the north part of the town because that's all in the south, all the stuff I just described. And so I walked around the north part of the town and there wasn't really a lot there. I found a guitar shop, which made me really happy. But other than that, there wasn't really much there. <laughs> so, you know, spent my night at a pub right by the castle. It was great, great, beautiful, kind of rainy, off and on rainy, but it turned out to be great. I got a ton of great pictures. It was fantastic. And I met a couple from Utah at the castle there in the morning, and they said that they were staying in Bruges, Belgium, and they said that it was amazing there, that I needed to go at some point. So at the end of the day on Friday, I thought, well, yeah, I've seen a lot of the city. I guess I might as well take a day trip to Bruges. So I did and fell in love with it. It was a lot more touristy. Ghent doesn't get a lot of tourists. At least it didn't seem to me. I got into Bruges and there were tourists everywhere, which I mean, 
is to be expected, I suppose. It was early October, so it was still tourist season, at least the late stretch. I can't imagine what it would have been in July. But anyway, so I went down there. I went all over the place there. The best thing for me, I think, is to just walk around the city, find things, see what looks interesting, and just go from there. So I saw a museum on the history of Bruges and Belgium in general. I found a beer museum, which was right up my alley. <laughs> and I went all over the place, so much so that I felt like I hadn't seen a lot of the city when I left. So I went back the following day to Bruges again and spent another day there. I just went to this chocolate museum that they had there because Belgium, chocolate, come on. And another thing that I saw that was incredible was the Basilica of the Holy Blood, or the Basilica of the Sacred Blood, depends on how you translate it. That place was incredible. The story behind it is that they have what is claimed to be a tube or a vial of the blood of Jesus Christ, and the blood is in this tube-like thing that's, of course, super elaborate, covered in gold and fancy, of course, and it has a chain around it, so if it's being moved or used in a procession or an event, which they do, it turns out they do that around Easter time every year, they parade it around the city, but they have that chain, it's a long chain, and they put it around the person's neck that is carrying it, whether it's a priest or a bishop, whoever it might be. So they had that there. I went to a mass and they had that there. They put it on the center of the altar during the mass and then after the mass they took it off to a separate little side altar thing for you to personally venerate the sacred blood and have a little prayer with the blood under the supervision of one of the priests. And I haven't been moved like that in a while. It's been a while. That was incredible. If there's any reason to go to Bruges and you're religious at all, that's where to go. I completely just lost it. It was very, very humbling. Incredible, 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 incredible. Not to mention the fact that the Basilica Church itself is just gorgeous. The thing that that I noticed about Belgian churches, at least the ones that I saw, the very limited few that I saw, they're beautiful in their own way. They're different because I've been to Italy before. I've been and I've seen the Sistine Chapel. I've seen St. Peter's Basilica. I've seen St. Peter in Chains. I've seen all these incredible churches. I've seen the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, Barcelona. The thing about those churches, especially the Italian churches, is they are so over the top. They're full of these beautiful oil paintings and sculptures and grand architecture. They're just incredible. The Belgian architecture and the Belgian style are very different. It's more grand and open and simplistic. So for example, the St. Bavo Cathedral that has the famous altarpiece there, it's not full of all these crazy paintings and sculptures. It's, from what I remember and from the pictures, it's basically like a dark gray, like almost a black granite or marble on the bottom, and then it's got some darkish red, like a blood red, and then it's light marble on top. Like it goes from dark to red to light from down up, and it's different. It's beautiful in its own way. It's very, very tall. I mean, 
relative to other churches, it's probably similar heights, but it, it gets this whole idea of just being immersed in just almost more of a meditation. It's not so much to humble and weaken the knees and make you fall over and, oh my goodness, look at this. It's more of, at least the vibe that I got, was more of just a, we're in a sacred place, we're in a quiet place, and we're going to speak to the Lord here. We're going to speak to God, we're going to meditate, and we're going to connect here. That was the vibe that I got. Now, I'm not an expert by any means. All I know is what I felt. All I know is my upbringing, but that's that's the way I felt about it. And I think that it's more apples and oranges compared to the Italian, beautiful, over-the-top, grand churches there. But they were definitely beautiful there in Bruges and in Ghent. Moving on. So the Chocolate Museum... <laughs> A little bit of a turn there, 180. But the Chocolate Museum was actually kind of overrated. Don't go there if you ever go to Bruges. Uh, I mean, you can skip it. I, frankly, go to one of the chocolatier places and get some chocolate. Ask how they make it and get it there. Like, it was a little overrated, and of course they tried to sell you a ton of stuff in the gift shop. You know, it was one of those things. You can skip it. The Beer Museum, on the other hand, was unreal. That was crazy, crazy cool. Really, really enjoyed that. They did a very, very good job with that. They went through the whole process of the brewing, how to select the water, what the different kinds of things were that you added to the beers, how they did different types of flavors, what kinds of processes there were. They went over the top. I was fascinated. It was really, really something. I really, really loved Belgium. And, I mean, it's basically next door to the Netherlands. I mean, it's the same country, essentially. So it's easy to get to. I can go wherever. It's, you know, at t at the most three hours in a train. Like, it's not a big deal at all. Belgium was a total success. Dublin Oh my gosh. Similar timeline. I got in on Thursday because I had no class that day and no class on Friday, so whatever. I, of course, went to the touristy places because it was a Thursday, and I figured they're not going to be quite as busy as they might be on the weekend-y times. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. That was not correct. <laughs> I went to the Temple Bar area. I went to the Temple Bar on Thursday. That place was packed, and it was 7, and it was just overflowing, you know, and I went to the Temple Bar area. I actually made a list of the pubs that I visited. I visited quite a few pubs just because I wanted to experience the city, and I asked, I'll get to this, but I went on a tour, and I asked our local guide, I said, hey, what's the best way to do it? He said, just go bar hopping, basically. Go to the pubs, just hop go from one place to the next, here's a few ones that I like, boom, just go. It's like, okay, cool. These are all the places that I went on Thursday when I first got there, before the tour, so these were mostly just touristy places. So I went to the Temple Bar, that's probably the most famous bar that's in Dublin. I went to the George, I went to the Globe, I went to Hogan's, I went to the Capitol Lounge. So on Friday, I was just walking around the city, figuring out what I was going to do, and I stumbled across this company that did these free tours. I went on this tour because 
because I figured I don't know what I'm doing here. I might as well see what's cool and what I should do later tonight. So I did, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. I got to learn all about the history of Dublin, all about the 1916 uprising. I got to learn all about culture and where some of the historical references come from. I learned a ton of stuff. It was really, really neat. Our guide was fantastic. So I went to Trinity College and I saw the Book of Kells. That was really cool. I saw the library that they have there, which was unreal. And apparently those books aren't organized by the Dewey Decimal System or anything fancy like like that and I even when I went in there I confirmed this they are organized by how tall the books are literally the shortest books are on top and the tallest books are on the bottom that's how they're organized <laughs> it was a little bit different but you know they to their credit they were able to pack a lot of books in the library that way so they must have done something right but no then I went uh, bar hopping again that night I went to all new places that night I went to the Dame Tavern Bar the Palace Pub O'Neill's that was one that my guide told me I should go to that place was cool the Banker's Bar and Stag's Head Stag's Head was apparently one of the cool college kid hangouts from Trinity and it was nearby their campus so I was told if you you want a cool college pub you know it's not like a it's not a club that do, do, do. it's not one of those things it's it's a it's an actual pub and I loved it I met tons of people it's funny because I went by myself I would sit down at this table and it would be for four people but the place would be packed and I would sit there myself and then people would say hey can we join you I'd say absolutely and we sit there we get to talk and blah 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 and I just met like I sat at the stag's head for an hour and a half two hours and I met three different groups of people and we were just talking up a storm just enjoying it just having a grand old time so Saturday was the following day and on Saturday I went to Croke Park Croke Park is in the northern part of Dublin and that's where they have their hurling and Gaelic football matches that's where they have that Gaelic Athletic Association that's where they have their championships for those events and that was really neat I didn't know this but Croke Park is actually the largest amateur stadium in the world because all of these hurlers and Gaelic football players they're all amateurs none of them are professionals and it's the third largest stadium in the world, holds 82,500 people in it. Just crazy, crazy, crazy huge. Or in Europe, I can't remember. I know it's the largest amateur in the world, something like that. I can't remember. But anyway, it holds 82,500 people. It's ridiculously huge. It was really neat because I got to feel what they were so proud about because people think at least from my experience here people talk about American football and American basketball American hockey American baseball they think well baseball is boring American football is interesting basketball is pretty much a universal sport especially with my Spanish friends basketball is huge over there with them they're just kind of like, what's the deal? You guys don't really embrace soccer, football, soccer. And 
I kind of thought the same thing. Like, why don't we do this? But it turns out the Irish do the same thing. They have their games. That's their symbol of pride. That's their deal. And they get all excited and they have people from all over the world that come to participate in these games. In fact, one of the 32 teams that came to Croke Park to compete in the championship was actually from New York. So that was cool. They have all the jerseys hanging up in the locker rooms from all the teams that participated in the last year, which I apparently came like a month after the championship, so it was pretty close to the season. Yeah, one of the teams is from New York, so they had the New York jersey hanging there. It had a little figure of the Statue of Liberty on it. It was cool, but that's what I loved about Dublin. Dublin had this really cool combination of being really, really proud of where they were from, being really proud of their history and all that, just totally, yeah, pride, but then also being more laid back and just, yeah, I'm gonna have a pint, whatever, who cares, let's chill, have a good time, whatever. They had this really cool vibe to them you know they weren't all uptight you didn't have to worry about offending people or anything like they were just go with the flow they didn't care they were fine but they were united and they were it was really really a cool vibe I loved 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 Dublin and I haven't even finished talking about what I did so that night I went to six pubs I went to the international I went to the old stand I went to O'Donohue's I went to the porterhouse McDavid AIDS Pub and Kehoe's Lounge. I just laugh looking at these names of these places, just laughing at the Irish names. It's always Patrick O'Sullivan. Like, it's always the most Irish thing there is. It's so funny. In fact, my tour guide's name was Patrick. How much more stereotypical Irish can you be? Like, can you be any more stereotypically Irish? It doesn't, it doesn't get any more than that. So I also went to Quai's, Quay's restaurant on Sunday afternoon, and I had one last pint at the Norseman, which was kind of in the Temple Bar area, but it was the afternoon, so it wasn't that packed. So I loved Dublin. I absolutely loved Dublin. I went all over the place. Place. I met some great people there. In fact, I met a guy who is Irish and is a huge Minnesota Vikings fan, which was really cool. And he talked about how he had always wanted to travel to Minnesota. I don't know why. Like, he just thought it was really cool. He loved the whole Viking thing and the Norsemen. He loved that that whole thing. He loved it. He really wanted to go to Minnesota, wanted to travel to Minnesota. So I said, oh, you know, here's some places you got to see and all that. And, you know, I met a ton of people. Some of them were pleasant one of them wasn't but you know it had a great time you know it was it was really something I think that Dublin dare I say it dare I say it I think Dublin's my favorite city I've ever been to ever anywhere ever I really do I really, really do. Just because the vibe that they had, like I said before, it was this perfect combination of pride and laid back and work hard, play hard, but don't play or work too hard because you got to enjoy life too. You know, like it was just, it was, it's hard to describe, but I really really, really loved it. If there was ever a place I could see myself living outside the United States for a long period of time, it would be Dublin, at least for now. I haven't seen the rest of Europe, but... 
Dublin is the front runner for me right now. Other than that, that's that's pretty much everything I've got going on right now. Uh, like I said, I have finals coming up in a couple weeks, so because of that, it's probably gonna be a little while before I do another episode, just because I'll be so busy and I won't have a lot to talk about. You guys don't want to hear about my exams. Talk about snooze fest. That's not what you want to hear about. So I'm probably not gonna do another episode for a few weeks. I have one more trip planned. At least that's on the books right now. Hopefully, I'll have another one coming up here eventually. I have a trip coming up on the weekend of the 17th of November. So that's in, what, like three, four weeks? Four weeks? That is to London. So I will be spending four days in London. Uh, I have a friend of mine that I want to visit out there, and that'll be really cool. I have uh, friends that have been there that have said, you need to go to London. They fell in love with the place. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to London while the weather is still hopefully mostly bearable. So that's that's my plan. I will keep you guys updated on any other travel plans that may come my way. Oh, and uh, in case you guys were wondering or paying attention or whatever, I did miss Hurricane Ophelia. I did miss it. I'm all good. I'm safe. I'm fine. It's funny though, part of the vibe of Ireland that I loved was they were so laid back. But here's the thing with Ophelia is they They've never had a hurricane in Ireland, so they don't know what it's like. You know, in the States we know because we see, you know, Florida gets hit almost every year and, you know, the coasts down south, it's terrible, so we know what to prep for. But Ireland, I heard maybe three people talk about it, maybe three, out of the four days I was there. I mean... (laughs) It was just not on anybody's radar. And the one guy who was talking about it was like a security guy at the airport. Like, he did not phase anybody. Here's how funny it was. When I was at Stag's Head, I was at the bar ordering a drink and the fire alarms went off and everybody's reaction was huh look around what's that huh the bartender did that she looked up she was "Eh, what's what's that and then she looks at me and what can i get you like (laughs) fire alarms were still going off they were still serving beer like it was hilarious (laughs) it was just like yes this is totally my city this is absolutely the city i love this this is it this is the greatest city ever i love this so yeah that's that's basically dublin that's basically what i've been up to for a while now and thanks again so much for listening i will talk to you soon have yourselves a great few weeks